0: Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Living here is not so bad. A car should never be a home. I park on a quiet street, lock the doors, and I hope no one notices me. Have you noticed? We have, at Helping Up Mission, a woman in desperate need can receive food, a safe place to sleep, and a new beginning. Winter is coming. Go to HelpingUpMission.org. Notice the need, and please give generously to help at HelpingUpMission.org. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by God is My CEO, a prayer journal for entrepreneurs. I am so excited about this journal because it is the first ever prayer journal specifically for entrepreneurs. God gave me this idea a little over a month ago for me to create this journal for business owners. And I am just amazed with the response that it's gotten thus far, the people who've been able to pre order it and download the The virtual digital version um, and get started with growing that relationship with God and allowing God to be the CEO of their business this journal is amazing because it has a space for you to surrender your business to God Uh, it has a space for you to write down your million dollar ideas that God is going to give you as you grow in your relationship with him it has a place for you to write down your answered prayers so that you can constantly be reminded that if he did it once he'll do it again there's a page there's a section called I feel but I know in that section, it allows you to navigate the difficult feelings and sometimes just the very personal feelings of being an entrepreneur and relate that to what the scripture says so that you can be encouraged in those not so sexy parts of entrepreneurship. There's also a section for sermon notes. So if you guys are like me, and you watch a lot of sermons online, or if you just attend church, there's a section for you to take notes in there as well. And then of course, there are the journaling pages. So there's a, morning and evening section for you to journal and spend time with god every single day so i'm so excited about this journal i've been getting such amazing responses from everyone who's pre-ordered already and been able to utilize the digital version so make sure you go to www.blessedembossedup.com so that you can pre-order yours today let's start the show you are listening to blessed and Bossed up presented by anchored media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I know I say I'm excited every episode, but I'm definitely excited today because the last few weeks we've had guests. And so this is kind of my first time back, just just me and you guys talking. And our guests though, the last few weeks have been so amazing. Like these are the people that you guys really need to hear from. And these are just the stories that are so beneficial to our journeys. These are the stories that I wish people were telling, um, prior to me becoming an entrepreneur or, I mean, to be honest, these are the stories that I wish people were, t- are still telling now. But what happens is a lot of times, um, in interviews or anything like that, we always get just the cliche stuff, you know, the, the, the don't be afraid to fail, don't be a this, like all of this cliche stuff, but we really don't get to hear the real deal a lot of the time. So I'm just so grateful for the guests that I've been able to have on this show that have been able to, or just so willing to be so transparent um, with me, with you guys, and just based off of the feedback that I've been getting and seeing from you all, you've been enjoying these guests as well. So I'm just excited about the stories that have been told. Uh, And I'm definitely excited about, today's episode because I get to tell a little bit of my story. So today I'm going to be talking about my self-employed journey thus far. And so as you as you guys know who may follow me on social media, um, last week on May 3rd, I celebrated one year of being self-employed. And so that's so exciting because if, if for the... Black girl boss OG. So for the people who are listening to this episode from day one, you you were able to really hear when we started this epi- when we started this podcast. Excuse me, I was very much so in a nine to five. One of my goals for 2017 was to leave my nine to five, and I talked about it on the pilot episode. And I was speaking into existence, and Milan and I just continued to speak things into existence um, over the course of the show, and then around. Uh, May time, I had told you guys that I had officially left my nine to five. And so now just to continue to show and to be talking about this a year later, it's just, if I'm being honest, it's just surreal. And I'm just so blessed and so grateful for what God has been able to do in my life. And not just to be able to say it's been, oh, it's been a year since I left my job, but just to look at this past year And to just see the favor and the blessings and all of the amazing things that have happened in my life over the past year is is truly, truly a surreal feeling. And I wish that a year ago when I was literally just talking about this by faith and had no clue how how I was going to ever become self-employed and had no clue what self-employment was like. um, I wish I could have just gotten a peek into my life right now, but I'm just grateful for that for God, just blessing me and just everything that I've been able to go through and overcome over this last year. But for the sake of today's podcast, I do want to go over my journey and not just to talk about it, but to share with you guys some things that I've learned through each phase of my journey thus far. I know a lot of you guys, when I posted on social media, were just um, congratulating me, which I appreciate. Um, And we're just saying, oh, this is goals. This is going to be me one day. And so I never want to to put myself in a position where I'm painting you a pretty fairy tale picture. I always want to be transparent. I always want to be vulnerable. And I always want to just keep it real with you guys about my journey. Um, The not so pretty parts, the fun parts, the being able to travel and not ask for time off, but also the times where I'm cleaning buildings to pay for my business coach. Like I want to tell you guys about... All of those things. And so I'm really just going to start from the beginning. I know over the course of the last year and some change of doing this podcast, you guys have gotten to hear bits and pieces of my journey, but I really just want to start from the the very, very, very beginning and share with you guys some lessons that I've learned over the past, over a year, not just the past year of being self-employed, but just over the course of starting my business from day one. So... As many of you guys know, my very first business that I started was my youth program. I had knew that a part of my purpose was to impact teenage girls, specifically teenage girls who have gone through a lot of the things that I've gone through. So they may come from a troubled home, or they may suffer from low self esteem, or they may have big dreams but doesn't know what that means, or they may feel like they're too young to do certain things. I wanted to work with those girls and kind of be not only only a living example, but to teach them some practical tools on how to pretty much live their best life and overcome their current circumstances. And so when I decided to do that, um, I actually made the decision because I, it was prophesied to me that I was going to lead the youth. And so I was like, okay. And, it, and the youth program was something that was on my heart for a while, but fear uh, stopped me from doing anything with it. And so when it was prophesied to me, it was kind of like confirmation that, yeah, this is something that you're going to be doing. And then in addition to that, um, not too long after that, the same pastor that had prophesied to me had asked me to create a youth program for the people, the girls in the church. And so, I was so that required me to take some type of action. And so um, I had pretty much came up with the Queen Academy and it took me, it's so funny, it took me only 30 minutes to come up with the entire curriculum. And that just shows, of course, it, I, it took me a little longer to actually uh, put it on paper and all of that. But as far as outlining exactly what it was going to be and the outcomes and all of that, It was done within 30 minutes. And that was a a testament to I was doing what God wanted me to do, because when you walk in your purpose, when you do what God called you to do, it's not going to really be that difficult. It's not going to be that stressful. Um, If it is, it's because you're adding the stress onto yourself. But I had so much peace because of that. So I knew that this was the right thing. And so um, I created the program for the church. But then I realized like, no, this isn't a program I'm creating for the church. I need to do this for myself. This is going to be my thing. And at the time I was in my third job out of college. Um, My first year out of college, I had four jobs, literally a new quarter. I was at a new job because I just could not find the right position. And It wasn't until I got to my third position that I realized it's not the jobs. It's me. I'm not meant to do this. (laughs) <laughs> this whole thing, I, I have so much more to offer than any of these job descriptions allow me to do. So I know that this just can't be it for me. And so um, I knew that, but I just didn't knew what was going to be that vehicle that took me out of that circumstances, that circumstance of having a nine to five not having a nine to five anymore. And so when all of this was happening, as far as the Queen Academy goes, that's when I knew like, okay, this, this is something. I don't know if this is going to be that thing that gets me to my big dream of living my best life, but this is something. And it's important to note that I was exposed to entrepreneurship prior to becoming an entrepreneur. My mother was a part of a network marketing company and was very successful at it. And so I was able to understand what the freedom of my time looked like. Because with because she was doing that, even though she didn't start a business from scratch, she was, a, if I was, if I got, excuse me, if I got sick at school, she could come and pick me up in the middle of the day while everybody else's parents were at work. If we wanted to um, go shopping or something like that, we didn't have to wait for her to put time off. We had the freedom to do whatever. And because she was so successful at it, we had... I was young shopping at Saks Fifth Avenue and all of these eating at the best restaurants and had all of these amazing had all of this exposure to a different level of living. And so when I was in my 9 to 5 and just kind of developing or starting my life for myself, I knew better because I was exposed to different. I knew that I didn't have to be at a job for nine to five and sitting in traffic and going somewhere that I hated every day because I was exposed to what life was like when that wasn't a factor. So I, I because I knew it was possible, I, I believe that it could one day be possible for me. And so that's pretty much where my confidence that I didn't have to, or my, I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess that's where the seed was planted and knowing that everybody doesn't, doesn't work nine to fives. So I definitely, truly thank God for that exposure at a young age. Because I don't know about y'all, but when you've eaten that Del Fresco's or Morton's or Maestro's or Ruth Chris, going to Outback is just not an option. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't say that to brag or anything because that wasn't my money. That was <laughs> my parents' money. But... That it was just living a lower level than what I was exposed to wasn't acceptable for me. My little $38,000 a year job wasn't acceptable to me because me living in Uh, the projects wasn't acceptable to me because I've lived in better. And so that little bit of exposure was enough for me to demand more for my life. Um, And for you guys who may not have been exposed to certain things, I suggest that you really expose yourself to a higher level so that you can no longer tolerate the space that you're in right now. Expose yourself, like take a couple days off of work to see what it would be like to be self-employed and see if there's some things that you may need to fix about your habits or your schedule or whatever to make it work. But just expose yourself to it. Get around um, millionaires. I know for me, I always talk to you guys about me wanting to own my first home in Potomac. And because it's it's a wealthy area, I want my kids to be able to grow up uh, around people who are familiar with wealth so that my kids can one day say, What what do you mean, Mom? What's McDonald's? What my friends keep talking, or the uh, people somewhere keep talking about McDonald's? What is that? Like, I want my kids to be so exposed to a different level that they're not able to accept anything less. Now that's going to come with its own problems, <laughs> but at the very least, I definitely just want my children to just be exposed to a different mindset. And so, um, yeah. So when it comes to me with this house in Potomac, I may have grown up well, but I ain't grow up Potomac well, that's a whole new level. So I was telling my fiance recently, like we need to go on some home tours. And so, um, that's one thing that I'm going to do to expose myself to better as I'm gonna go on some house tours in Potomac of these multi-million dollar homes and I'm gonna be walking around like okay yeah I can see myself in here so that when I get back to my apartment while my apartment is nice it's in a nice neighborhood it's in a nice area there's nothing um wrong with where I live but I don't want to get comfortable here I'm gonna to go to this these uh 10,000 square foot homes in Potomac to, to expose myself to that. So when I get back to this 800 something square foot apartment, I'm like, oh, no, 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 this won't do. So, yeah, that level of exposure put me in the mindset early on that I wanted more for my life. And so when the idea idea for the Queen Academy came in and, and it got prophesied to me and I started writing this thing out, I was like, OK, this might be that vehicle to get me where I'm trying to go. And so what I realized, though, remember I told you guys, I think in Chris Daniels episode that broken people build broken businesses. Right. So in the beginning, I felt like I, my insecurity told me that I could not do this by myself. And so when I had this idea and I knew that I was going to take this program and I was going to start it, I had asked a friend of mine who I felt had skills that were better than mine to help me build this dream. And so that leads me to one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned in business. Now, I'm not going to say don't work with your friends because this is literally a case by case basis. A lot of people have success with working with family and friends. Other people don't have success with working with family and friends. It just depends on the people involved. But the lesson that I learned from this situation specifically was always qualify your decisions. And what I mean by that is, remember I said my insecurity told me that I needed to bring somebody else on. So I didn't make a decision based off of, okay, these are my these are my gaps, not gaps as far as my incons- uh, insecurities went, but here are my just gaps based off of business acumen. So remember with, in Chris Daniel uh, episode, we talked about the different animals. So instead of me looking at it like, okay, I'm a gorilla, Uh, this is the type of animal that I need on my team so that we can build a better business. That wasn't the logic behind my decision. The logic was I feel insecure doing this. So I want to bring somebody else on. That was a big mistake. That mistake cost me a friendship, that mistake, a a very uh, close friendship at that. Um, That mistake was just huge but I learned from it and it was fine. Um, but yeah, I, my advice to you guys is always qualify your decisions. If your decision is is made based off of emotions, that's not a, bus- a business decision that you need to make always qualify your business decisions and and make sure that you have a logical explanation behind it. And that's something I'm even learning right now. As you guys know, I'm pursuing my MBA. So as I'm doing these different assignments, we have to, it's a whole lot of like uh, research-based suggestions or recommendations that I have to make. So each class is like a different scenario. And so um, the class I'm in right now is a class called financial decision-making. And so in this class, they give us these whole scenarios about the different products, about the consumers. They give us all of these different formulas that we have to work out. And all of this work... All this math, all of these things have to be done before even making a recommendation for a decision, not just the decision-making, but you have to to consider the profit margin. You have to to consider the competitors. You have to consider your team. You have to consider all of these things prior to even recommending a decision be made. And then even with that recommendation, you have to back up what you say. And so that just shows what I've learned from from the, um, these classes so far is that how, you have to really do your due diligence, but before even considering a decision. And so that's my, that's my first lesson for you guys, um, is to always qualify your decisions. If you're only deciding something based off emotion it's don't make that decision. You're wrong. You should not be making emotional decisions when it comes to your business. You should consider all factors. If you're deciding, um, let's say, what marketing platform you should use. You need to know everything about the each every single marketing platform. You need to learn about the target audiences associated with each marketing platform. You need to figure out where does your target audience fit in that. Figure out what their consumer behavior is as it relates to that. You need to figure out in 10 years, will that platform even still be around? And you have to do the research based off of all of that. Like, that's all of the work that needs to go in before even considering a decision. And that's something that I really want you guys to take home. And that's not even just from my lesson, but that's from my education. That's from everything. Really, really, really consider uh, all factors before even considering a decision and do your research. So that was lesson number one. So I started the Queen Academy and. Um, I started, I formed it legally as a business in May of 2015. Look at God. I didn't even realize May and May was not only the anniversary of me leaving my nine to five, but also the anniversary of starting my business or legally forming my business. I didn't even put two and two together until just now. Okay, cool. Shout out to May. But um, so yeah, in May, I legally formed my business. Now to give context, at that time, I was at a job making $38,000 a year living in a DC area, could not afford to live on my own. So I was living with my aunt and um, I brought home $2,000 a month after taxes. Your girl ain't handle money. And so after paying the bills that I had, I had minimal money to do anything else, but I still started my business. Um, I think it costs at the time, maybe like 300 something to legally form your business in Maryland. So I would just take the money um from my paycheck and put it into my business. And so then after that, I decided to work on the branding aspect of my business because I knew that when I presented this youth program to parents and schools and things like that, I wanted them to feel like we've been around for a long time because I I I didn't want them to think, "Oh, she's young, she don't know what she's doing, she just started this." So I wanted to give the uh, appeal um, and be so thorough as far as my branding and everything was that they would think that I've been doing this forever. And so that's what I did. I invested in that. I paid about $800. I think in the beginning, I went to a, um, My cousin and one of her colleagues, they had a branding workshop. And um, just because she's my cousin don't mean it wasn't legit. Like it was really dope. It was, she did, she had her master's in PR. And so she worked on like the wording and stuff. And then the, um, her partner worked on the design aspects. And so she took, and she was also a photographer. So she took my headshots. She did the logo. We did the website together. So I will know how to um, update the website, and everything on my own after that. It was awesome. So I paid them and I did that. And so I I was just pretty much using all the money that I made at my job, everything I can scrape together, I put into this business. I didn't want the excuse to be, I don't have any money to start my business. Money was not going to be, money is way too easy to get for me to use that as an excuse for not to invest, not to invest in my business. And the same thing for y'all, money is way too easy to get, especially now to not invest in your, in your business. And a lot of y'all, the reason why you haven't started your business or the excuse, that you're telling yourself why your business isn't further along is because of money. Money is never never the right thing to stop you. You could drive Uber for money. You can buy something and sell it on eBay for money. You can get something from the dollar store and resell it online and make a profit for money. Money is way too easy to get. For that to be an excuse, so I highly suggest for anybody that's using money as a reason why they can't start their business to really start looking at what you got. There was a point later on in my journey where I was trying to figure out how to pay for my business coach. Where I literally looked in my apartment and was like, "There's money in here, and I'm going to find it." And I sold shoes, I sold clothes, I sold. Um, Decorations, like literally, I had this cute little um candle set with like a matching fruit bowl sold that on eBay like I sold so much stuff because I knew it like I needed th- I needed money, and I knew that I was gonna find it in my apartment, and that's exactly what I did. I sold a bunch of stuff and I got the money that I had needed at that point, so money is really not ever. Um, an obstacle that you need to to look at as a big deal because money is way too easy to get. And if Uber was around back then, I would have totally driven Uber for the extra money. I that would I would have probably did that before selling my stuff. <laughs> but yeah, um, always never look at at money as an obstacle for you pursuing your dreams, and always invest in your business and look at your job for what it is. They're an investor, and you may be looking at that position as if um oh, this is the thing that's stopping me from living my dream. No, it's the thing that's funding your dream. So it's so important for you to use the paycheck that you get for your job to invest in your business. And that's what I did. And I was only making $38,000. I wasn't making nothing. And that money always went into my business and I was able to start my youth program. So um, I formed a business legally in May of 2015. I I made a decision to launch it in January of 2015. 16. Yeah. Of 2016. I wanted to take that whole entire year to prepare for the launch. And that's something that a lot of people don't do. Always prepare for your launches. Don't just put something out and, and I've talked, I'm not even going to go into that because I've talked about it enough over the course of th- this podcast, but yeah. So I prepared to launch the business in January. So what prepare looks like was I had got the branding done. I had, um, I decided to look for some ways to get my program out there. At this point, I knew nothing about anything. I was pretty much figuring it out. And so I had a friend who volunteered with, A youth program. And so I hit him up and I was like, hey, uh, do you mind? I want to go to lunch. I'll take you to lunch or whatever. Um, I just had a few questions about the youth program that you volunteer with. And he was like, yeah, sure. So I took him out to lunch and we were talking and I was just asking him questions about basically what they did, how it ran, stuff like that. And then um, asked him, well, do you mind if you put me in contact with the guy who owns it? And so he was like, yeah, 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 sure. Now, this was a, a the guy that I took to lunch. We already were cool. Like we went to college together. It wasn't like somebody I just blindly reached out to. We already had a relationship. So I... Um. yeah. And so he'd say that, sure, I'll put you on with the guy. So I was like, oh, perfect. And so that leads me to my next lesson is find a mentor in your field and provide value before you ask them for anything. And so when he put me on with the person who runs it, I saw that they were having a conference coming up. And I said, oh, perfect. Are you guys looking for volunteers? And he was like, yeah. So then when he hooked me up with the guy um, who owned it, who Which is actually, yeah, y'all know him, Sadiq. Sadiq was on an episode about, so you want to write a book. So um, Sam, which is my friend, he put me on with Sadiq. So um, Sadiq was, and I asked Sadiq, were they looking for, I heard they were looking for volunteers or whatever for the, conference. And he was like, yeah. So he put me in contact with his wife who was in charge of the volunteers. So I volunteered for the first conference and I was so excited because one, this was an opportunity for me to learn the inside of how this thing works. You know, I want to start this program. Remember I have my little curriculum. I'm getting my branding together. I want to launch in the following January, but there's stuff I don't know that I need to learn. And so, um, I volunteered, I paid attention to the registration process. I asked questions. I was like, yeah, so how did you guys get all of these people here? I'm asking questions. It's casual questions. It's not like a whole really let me pick your brain session, but me just asking good questions in the midst of the moment. I got I learned so much. I'm paying attention to the title of each session. I'm talking to the people who are speaking. I'm paying attention to how things flow. I'm looking at every single thing that's going on and learning. This is all before I even asked anybody to pick their brain. This is before I even say, will you be a mentor to me or whatever. I just put myself in a situation to learn by providing value through volunteering. And so I volunteered for about two more of their conferences and I was posting it on my social media and stuff to try to get people who I knew with, um, his programs were boys with people I knew who had boys that would want to go and things like that. I took my little cousin who was in there, who was one of the boys that they, um, was in an age group of boys that they serve. I took him with me. So I just did everything I could to provide value. So maybe after like the third conference that I volunteered with, I had reached out to Sadiq and I was like, Hey, um, and he already knew I wanted to start a youth program. I had pretty much told him in the midst of us just, um, basically being around each other while I was volunteering. And so I had asked him like, Hey, do you mind if, if I talk to you one day, I just kind of want to pick your brain about, um, how you got things started because I love how you guys operate this and other. So he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so I had, we set up a call and I talked to him. I had all my questions ready and things like that. I had things that I took note of while I was volunteering so that I could, um, ask him informed questions. So I'll be like, well, I noticed that you guys had two sessions going on and then you kind of switched with the guys. Well, why did you do that? Like asking real questions to understand the thought process behind things. And so through that, he really became like a mentor to me in the development and the implementation of my youth program. So then there were opportunities that came up where he may have been working with a, a school or something and they needed somebody to work with the girls and he'll call me or I may be working with the school or something and they needed somebody to work with the boys. So then I called him. We did things together. You know, it it, it proved to be a very mutually beneficial um partnership just based off of me providing value. And so that was a huge, huge, huge lesson for me early on was to find a mentor in my field and provide value before asking them for anything. And that's something I really want you guys to take because a lot of people, they even ask me questions about my journey and things like that. And, it, and I'm nice, so I answer as much as I can, but nobody really comes to me and be like, hey, Tatum, do you need help with anything? And then in the midst, because I don't take anybody for granted, in the midst of you helping me with something, I'm going to ask you, like, what do you have going on? What do you need help with? What are you struggling with? And provide value for that. One of the girls who reached out to me to intern, and she was managing my social media, we talked every week. And I would, what you're doing with your business? Or what ideas do you have? What's going on? And it's to the point now where she's pursuing, she recently got certified to be a life coach. And she was telling me how... Um, when it got to like the marketing classes, so much of the stuff she already knew just based off of working with me. And so she provided value. And so I wanted to, in turn, pour back into her. And so it's the same thing. I provided value to somebody that I was looking up to or who knew more than me that I wanted to learn from. And in turn, I got poured into. And so for you guys who may be struggling, you may be starting a business in an area that you don't know much about. And you're trying to figure out like, well, how am I going to learn this? And you're buying books and you think you got to pay coaches and things like that you don't always have to do that find a mentor and just provide value people here's a little key about people people love talking about themselves if you find a way to get people talking about themselves you've already won because they're just going to tell you so much all you have to do is stroke somebody's ego if you want to learn how to do anything that'll help you be successful in business learn how people work Because I promise you learning how people work will, will benefit you not only with like your marketing, but just with your people skills. I'm the queen of when I have conversations, I don't I personally just don't like to talk about myself. So it's easy for me to ask other people about them. But when I have conversations, I walk away with um so much I know so much about the other person they probably don't know that much about me because I they talk more than me but I learn so much from them and I ask good questions. So I might say, hey I really loved how um hmm see or I may ask Sadiq like that's so it's so great how you had that sold out conference. Like, oh my goodness, that is so amazing. So I'm stroking their ego. They're feeling good about themselves like, yeah, I had this sold out conference. And I might say like, where did most of those people come from? And they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, because I had bought this Facebook ad and I targeted this that and the other, and so I had them go to the landing page on my website, and that's where they signed up." So now they they are hyped because I'm stroking their ego, but they're giving me all the the tools that I was looking for without me presenting it as can I pick your brain or not allow not me presenting it as I'm just taking 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 so not only did I already provide value to them I framed my questioning in a way to make them feel good about themselves and want to tell me everything so it was it's a win-win situation so I'm, I promise y'all learn how to deal with people and you will see how everything changes but anyway lesson that next lesson was definitely find a mentor in your field. And provide value before you ask them anything. And so, um, moving on with my story, I launched my business, uh, my youth program in January 2016. We were in a school within 30 days. So, by February, I was already an after school program. That was so amazing because I don't know anybody who's done that. And it was, oh man. And it came from, and a lot of people asked me, How did you do that? So, that really came from, really reaching out to schools. I can't tell you how many schools I went to after work. I would get off work, drive to a school to go talk to a principal, drive to another school to go to a PTA meeting, drive to another school to go speak at their um, assembly or whatever. I was at so many different schools, just talking to principals, talking to parents, hoping something will stick, just doing a lot of running around. And then eventually something did stick with the school that we were actually um, a part of. And so... Yeah, within 30 days, that's all the work that the preparation work that went in before even launching. So then after um launching in January, within 30 days, we're after school program. And so um I realized the very first session that I had is one that I will never forget. I was so nervous because I was and this me and my friend were still working together at this time. Our falling out didn't come until a little bit later, but in that time or, or um in that first session it was like 25 girls it was two of us at this point i had done this planning i had this dream i had this passion but i had no idea if it was really going to work because it was my first time doing it and so i did it and at, by the end of the session everybody was crying and and it was and not tears of like sad well it was tears of sadness but it was tears of We were being effective. We were evoking emotions. And I don't know how many of you guys have worked with teenage girls before, but they can be very cold, closed off and not really trying to hear nothing you saying. And that's exactly how I was as a teen too. So um, to be able to reach them and get them to be vulnerable showed that, oh man, I got something here. And it just, it made me feel so, so good in that moment. After that first session, I remember when I got in the car, I called my friend Cedric, who has also been on the show, and he was the only entrepreneur friend I had at the time. And I called him like, yo, this is crazy. And I was like in tears. And he was like, what happened? I was like, I just had my first session. He was like, I get it. He understood right in that moment because it was it was in that moment where I realized that. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I and all of that uncertainty and fear was worth it. And so I say that to say for some of you guys who are being held stagnant by fear or fear is paralyzing you or you may have been working. Remember, I started the business in May. I launched it in January. So that's That's like eight months. It's like an eight month uh, period of just hustling and bustling, blindly doing things. I had no idea if I was doing the right thing. I had got some wisdom from Sadiq. So I I was pretty, I was sure about some stuff where I was confident in certain things, but still, I had no idea what I was doing. And it wasn't until not maybe pretty much nine months because um, February is when we started. So it wasn't until nine months after that initial decision that I got any type of gratification for it. So, um, well, no, I got the gratification, um, from booking the, uh, school or for getting paid for that opportunity because it was a paid opportunity. Um, so when I got my first paycheck, that was definitely a moment, um, for me, but then an even bigger moment was seeing the, how effective I was in the group with the girls. And so for a lot of you guys who are being helped, stagnant by fear or who may feel like you're doing all of these things without uh, there being no end in sight or you're not getting that gratification yet, I encourage you to really just keep pushing because the only failure is when you stop. The only guaranteed failure is when you stop and when you give up. So I I, thir- I I truly encourage you to keep going, to keep chasing that 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 thing that made you start in the first place. I had to keep reminding myself why I was doing it. I had to keep looking at 17-year-old Tatum and realizing how broken she was, and even looking at at the time I was 23, even looking at 23-year-old Tatum and seeing how broken she still was, but how far she had came from teenage Tana, And so that just looking at my why I was doing this and looking at my life being kept in this cubicle, when I knew that God called me to do so, so much more, all of these things, I I kept my why in front of me and in my heart at all times so that I can keep going. So I ask you to really revisit why you're doing what it is that you're doing and use that as motivation to move forward. Your why may not look like everybody else. Most people, when I ask them what their why is, they may tell me about their kids, their family, this, that, and the other. I don't. I did not have children back then. I was single. Like I, I wasn't. My family was not my why. My why was I wanted to really help the next generation, and I knew, and I wanted to to do what God called me to do. So it's okay if your why is not the same as everybody else. Your why will also evolve, but it's okay if your why isn't the same as everyone else's. But if you feel like you're afraid or if you feel like you've been doing a lot and not seeing the results, keep that why in the forefront of your mind and keep pushing because eventually you will get that, that gratification moment. You'll get that moment like I had when I saw that first paycheck and I broke down crying or when I left that room just looking at... Uh, the girls just really being able to open up and support each other. And I, and, And I sat in the car crying because I was so grateful. Or at the end of that first semester where those girls stood up and read letters to me about how I changed their life, about how um, they once were committing, taking their own life because they couldn't take what they were going through. But now they know what they need to do to push forward or for them making for the girls who never opened their mouth to be speaking, to be making friends, for the popular girls to be making friends with the not so popular girls and to be sticking up for them, like all of these things continuously push me. Like they, they showed me why I was doing what I was doing. And so that's another testament to being present in the process. So once you pay attention to the little things, so I may have still been at a job, right? I, I was having all of this success with the actual program and I was so grateful for being in the school so quick, whatever, but I still had to go to work because I wasn't making enough money to support my life without, being, without having a job. So that was the negative, but the little wins that I was making was so much better. But a lot of times we so caught up in, I want to be self-employed one day, or I hate this job that I'm at, that we don't appreciate or really allow ourselves to soak in the moment of those times where um, we have those small wins. And they're really not even small, but when we just have those wins, we have to be more present in the moment to be able to appreciate those wins. So at that time is when I also realized that I had no clue what I had to do to leave my nine to five. <laughs> I was in a position where I had got my programs in the school. We were effective. I was excited. But what does that mean for me to leave my job? Because I'm getting a check from this. But the check ain't the a type of money excuse me, that I need to leave my job and definitely not the type of money that I need to to build the lifestyle that I want. And so that's when I decided to hire a business coach. Now, I want to talk, in this moment a little bit about understanding who to invest in. A lot of people ask me all the time, when do I know it's time to, to hire a business coach? Now, that's 100% up to you to decide. I decided at that point that I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't want to have to touch the stove to know that it's hot. If somebody was already self-employed for a certain period of time and they had a track record of duplicating that and other people, I'm with it. So that's when I decided to hire a business Business coach, and that's when I hired Raven. And um and I started working with her because her program was specifically taking people from employee to full time entrepreneur. And what a mistake that I see a lot of people make is you're not investing in the right stuff. You may spend or you are so intimidated by things or people that are premium priced that you would rather pay somebody that's much cheaper that don't get you nowhere. So by the time you've been done spent $27 a hundred times, you could have spent that money on a coach, somebody who may cost more, but they will, they give you so much value. You will accomplish your goals. You know what I mean? And, and, and just a little advice, too, when you're trying to figure out who to invest in, pay attention to not only the success that people personally see, but the success that other people see as a result of working with them. I see people all the time, their only business model is to get rich off of you spending money on them. You don't hear about who the other use who've been successful based off of what they bought All you know is that this person that you're spending money on is the one who is a millionaire. But the only reason they're a millionaire is because they've convinced you to spend your money. They're not a millionaire because they've actually uh, made a difference or they're not a millionaire because somebody that invested in them actually had a difference made in their business or in their life. They're a millionaire because they con- convinced you to pay a certain amount of money. That's it. And to me, that's not good enough for you to invest in somebody. You need to really pay attention. And that was for sure not good enough for me to spend the money that I ain't have on somebody. So you have to really pay attention to the fruit. Of the people that you invest in, and not the fruit that's just on their life, but the fruit that's on the lives of the people that they're pouring into. So, if you bought something, so let's take this prayer journal for example. People bought, a lot of people bought this prayer journal for me. So, I'm not happy or only happy with how many people, how much I've made from people buying this journal. I wanna hear what has happened as a result in your life from using this journal. Consistently in making God the CEO of your business. That's what I care about. And if I was to show y'all the testimonies, I have video testimonials that I'll post eventually of people just talking about how this little $20 journal has really changed their life. We recently did the blessed and bossed up challenge, where it was under two, little under 200 women in the group and everybody in the group had the journal. I went live every day on different topics and um, we all just committed together to making God the CEO of our business. The freaking testimonials from that people who's who, God spoke to them about changing their business models, and now that they're they're a lot more closer to their next uh, level. I'm not more closer, Jesus. They're a lot closer <laughs> to their next level as a result of that. Or people who um who started tithing for the first time. There was a girl in the group, and she had said that she was struggling with tithing, and so I was telling her just tithe, like you know the Bible says to test the God, so just do it. And so she tithed. For the first time, and she had committed to like, okay, this is something I'm going to do consistently. And she was leaving. um, She was taking a short leave of absence from work for a surgery. And they gave her a card that she wasn't expecting. And the money in the card was the money that she tithed. Like, come on now, that's only God. Or people who have been journaling every single day, but now have like these so much clarity in their business or have these new million dollar ideas just by using this little $20 journal and being and and committing to it and committing to our challenge. The challenge wasn't a paid thing. All I asked you to do was buy the journal because you're gonna need it. And then the challenge was free as a um, after that. And that's just something that that just goes to show the transformation of the people from investing in me. Or my clients, I had a, a client where we fixed, she wasn't making the money that she wanted to make in her business. And so we went in and we trying to figure out like, okay, what's, what's going on here? Like, what's the problem? Why are you leaving money on the table? And so when um, we went to work in her business and we changed up some things from a digital marketing perspective and put some funnels in place and things like that, automatically she started making more money in her business. But what happens is when we are new entrepreneurs and we're so ambitious and we want our business to be successful, we don't qualify our decisions. That goes right back to um, lesson number one. We have to really go and make sure we do enough research to be sure that we're investing in what we need to invest in. Because I can tell you one thing, investing in getting 100,000 followers on social media is not going to grow your business. I could tell you that for sure, because all you're going to do is have more eyes on something that don't work or more people who ain't buying your stuff because you're not investing in what needs to be invested in. And so for me in that beginning, I was like, OK, it's time for me to hire a coach because I don't know the information I need to know in order to um in order to go from employee to full-time entrepreneur. And I also am not about to just be out here wasting money on anybody buying anything or only paying $20 for something thinking that's going to make me a full-time entrepreneur. And it's not. I need to invest my money in something that's going to really get me there. So in search for the perfect person to hire, I came across Raven and that's who I ended up working with because her success story spoke for themselves. I didn't need to know how much money was in her bank account because the people who were a product of what she had to offer were in positions that I wanted to be in. And so now, thank God, you know, I'm one of her success stories, too. But I just wanted to make sure that where I was investing my money was going to be the right thing. And I I wanted to talk about that for a second, because a lot of you guys, like I said, are investing money on things that don't matter. Are, or are trying to take the cheap way out when sometimes you got to pay a little bit more if you want somebody who really knows what they're talking about to pour into you and really help you reach your goals. So at that point in my journey, like I said, I was in the school doing good. Um, I was hosting. I was preparing to host boot camps outside of just the school, but I needed more guidance or wisdom to really make this thing my full-time gig. And so um, I hired Raven and that was a nine month program. So I went on with that. Now, that leads me to my next lesson is you have to at all times operate with the big picture in mind. And, and especially in the beginning of starting a business, you always if, if there's just so much to do. There's so much you don't know. There's so much that people are telling you that you should do. Like it's just so much that you can easily get lost in the sauce. You can get caught up in comparing yourself to people. You can get caught up in being sad that you're that you feel like you should be farther uh, farther along than where you are at that moment. There's so much for you to get caught up in, and you don't know if you're making the right decision a lot of times. And so that leads me to the next, the third lesson of operate with the big picture in mind at all times. And so for me, what that looked like was I wrote out my resignation letter and I printed it out. I put it on my wall next to my vision board. And every day I went to work before I went to work, I read that letter. I went to work with a great attitude. I went to work with the mindset of, I'm just going to use this as my investor for my business. Everybody at work loved me. I did a great job. I wasn't one of those terrible employees because I definitely believe in karma. I don't want to have terrible employees one day. So I was just a pleasant person at work and a pleasant person to work with, but I still had the, the, in, in mind. And so because there was so much going on with um with my business and all the new things I was learning behind a business coach, like it was a lot. So in order for me to not lose my mind, <laughs> I had to operate with the big picture. And so that's why I printed out that resignation letter and I read it every single day. I had started my prayer journal and I was writing in my journal that I was believing in God for this thing. And so whenever something came up, let's say if it was a decision that I had to make in my business, I operated with the big picture. It was, is this going to help me get to uh full-time entrepreneurship? If the answer was no, I'm not doing it. Is this going to help me get to my goal? If the answer was no, I'm not doing it. So hiring a business coach, is this going to help me get to my goal? Yes. So I'm going to hire her. Hanging out with my friends, is this going to help me get to my goal? Because I was tunnel vision at that time. I'm, I don't have time for anything else because I'm working towards leaving my leaving my job. So if my friends hit me up to go to brunch, is this going to help me get towards my goal? No, because you need to pay your business coach and every cent in his joint counts. (laughs) So that's exactly uh, the answer I gave. No, because all my money was tied up in this goal. And so uh, I want you guys to really take that to heart. Operate with the big picture in mind. What's that goal that you're hustling for or working towards right now? Is it to leave your job? Write out that resignation letter like I did. Print it out. Put it on a wallpaper of your computer. Right now, the wallpaper on my computer is um, a beautiful house in Potomac. I found one that I liked online. Um, I told you I'm going to go to some open houses so that I can get I can physically put myself in the homes. But other than that, that's the background on my computer right now. That's the next thing. That's the next thing I'm working towards. I want this house. This is the house I'm going to start my family in. I'm getting married um at the beginning of next year i'm starting my family so that's that's the next thing so this is the background on my computer right now i'm operating with the big picture in mind so as i make decisions is i'm thinking is this going to help me get to this house in potomac i'm wasting i'm not going to be wasting money i'm sp- if is something comes up for me to waste money on something that that don't really matter no cuz you got to put you got to put down a down payment for this house you're not about to be uh, house poor. Y'all not about to have this big old house and ain't have no furniture. So you, and you're you not about to have a house that's 100% financed either because you're not about to have no negative net worth out here in these streets. So you're going to have to uh, save that money for this down payment. Like this is the mindset now. And so the mindset changed. The big picture changes. So it's important, like I said, to operate with the big picture in mind so you know what you're working towards. Um, and figure out what that is for you. Like I said, if it's leaving your nine to five, write out that resignation letter. Is it to own your first home? Find that home that you want. Go to that home and walk around. Expose yourself to it. Go hang out in the neighborhood. I purposely, when I went to look for my wedding dresses, I went to look for them in Potomac because I wanted to go put myself in a in the neighborhood. I could have went to, there's a lot of uh, bridal boutiques in Northern Virginia. There's a lot of them in DC. I could have went anywhere, but I'm like, no, I'm going out there. And that's where because that's where I'm going to live. So I'm putting myself in my, my new neighborhood. So, again, operate at all times with that big picture in mind. Um, the next lesson is so at this point, like I said, I've hired the business coach. I'm going through the process. I printed out this resignation letter because it's a lot going on. and I wanted to make sure that I was focused. The next lesson was have a plan, believe room for God to do his thing. Now, I I had um, completed the nine months of working with a business coach. Um, It was about I completed working with her in like December of 2016, I think. Yeah, it was December of 2016 that I was done with the program. So I knew what it take. Uh, At that point to leave my nine to five, I still didn't have the money to, but I knew what it took in order to make that happen. I knew the adjustments I needed to make. I knew how I needed to multiply my revenue streams. But I also realized through working through my youth program at that time that that wasn't going to be the thing that got me to it. Remember in T.D. Jakes' book, Soar, he said that the dream isn't the business. The business is just the vehicle that gets you to the dream. And sometimes the vehicle that you're in may not be it, but it may lead you to it. Um, So I knew that the Queen Academy was not the vehicle that was going to take me to the dream for a variety of different reasons. However, because of my heart for that, I knew that that's something I was always going to do. So I continued to Um, do my program. I did the after school program for about two years until I stopped. Um, I still get opportunities to work with the youth. So I still do youth work, but that wasn't going to be the vehicle. And so um, after that, I realized, no, you need to take this marketing thing. This is something that I'm super passionate about as well. I I love it. It's one of those things I just geek out for. You know, some people geek out for like money um, or people who are interested or really good at like finance. Some people geek out for um, I don't know, comic books or whatever. Marketing is something I geek out for. It's something that comes naturally to me that's hard for a lot of people. And it's one of the reasons why this podcast has been was successful fast, why my youth program was successful fast because I've always been good at this thing. And so I'm like, well, I'm gonna take this thing and this is I'm gonna see if this is it. And so um, that's another lesson as well. Do not ever feel like you can't pivot at any point. A lot of people get caught up in what is, what are people going to say about me? What I, I'm afraid that people want to think I'm not serious. So they want to think I'm all over the place. People will adjust. It doesn't matter what people think. And sometimes we, we get, um, and sometimes it's okay. If you have to pivot, if you have to change some things up, remember, you're not going to always, you can't plan for everything. So sometimes you only know things from being in it. It's okay. Give yourself some forgiveness to not always know what you're doing. And I don't know if it's social media or what, but we feel like we got to always have it together. We got to always know everything. And that's impossible. Sometimes the only way we know better is by actually getting into the problem. Sometimes we have to touch the stove. We didn't intentionally touch the stove, but we ended up with our hand on the stove and we burnt it, but now we know better. You know, don't be afraid to make mistakes, to hit brick walls, to pivot. It's not about that. It's not about that at all. And what people think don't matter. You can't pay no bills with what people think. It's all about you um, walking on that path of what God called you to do, or you walking on that path of building that successful business and you just going about your journey. F what everybody thinks. It's about you going about your journey. And for as long as you're still on it, you're still, you're, um, doing the right thing. The only time you fail is when you get off of it is when you quit. And when you give up, nevertheless, um, that's when I decided to, okay, I'm going to start with the marketing consultant. I'm going to still do the youth program, but, I want to do the marketing consultant as my main thing, the the vehicle that's going to get me off this job. And so, um, again, that's where it came to lesson number four, always have a plan, believe room for God. So I had learned all of this stuff from working with Raven. I had knew at that point what to do with my my consulting business in order for it to be successful. So um, in an effort of planning for that, so remember, I always, whenever... Something that's consistent for me when i launch new ventures is I always prepare and plan for them way before anybody else knows about them or way before um, they actually launched. So I knew that I was going to start, uh, launch my consultant business. And I think it was the summer of 2017 was my launch date. I don't remember what day I actually said, but the summer of 2017 was my launch date for my consultant business. I started the podcast and... January Or even let's take the podcast. I knew I wanted to, I was going to start the um, consultant business way or back in like 2016 still. I knew I was going to do it. So then in thinking about, okay, I'm going to do this. How am I going to build up? A tribe of my target audience or how am I going to really build up that rapport with my consumer before I ask them to spend their money on me? How am I going to do that? So then that's when the decision to do the podcast came about because I had had my own personal feelings about what was missing from podcasting. Um, Remember I told you guys I felt like not enough people talked about the journey of entrepreneurship. Too many people talked about just being successful and gave you some surface level keys to be successful. So... I was like, okay, I want to start a podcast about that. But through that platform, though, I'm going to build a a relationship with my potential client so that when I do introduce this consulting business, I'll already have people who know me, like me, trust me. That was a thought process way before this podcast even came out. So I took the idea to Milan and someone else in August of 2016. 2016, right? Yes, August of 2016. While I'm still working with Raven, I'm still doing my youth program this was something I knew was coming. So I was planning ahead. So, um, I met with Milan and was like, you know, this is my idea. I have me and her knew each other, but we wasn't really that close back then. Um, and so I was telling her about, I told another girl about it. The other girl was, was, wasn't really consistent. So that wasn't gonna work for me. So she didn't do it with us. It was just me and Milan. So, um, Milan and I in August was like, okay, we're going to start this thing in January. So again, we gave ourselves like six or seven months before even launching the podcast. So during that time period, we started like um, communicating with people on social media, talking about like, you know, the podcast is coming soon, building up our little Instagram and things like that. Then we launched the podcast in January of 2017. We recorded the first episode in December and we um, launched it in January of 2017. So with that was where I was like, okay, now we're going to build up this rapport with the audience while I figure out the logistics of this consulting business. Um, And then by January 2017 was when I was finished working with Raven, and I knew pretty much what I had to do moving forward to reach this goal of leaving my job. So... Maybe. Um, and then around that time, I also set my goal to leave my job around the summertime because the summertime of 2017 was um, realistic. My lease was going to be up. I could have found somewhere less expensive to live. Um, I would have been able to save a lot more money. I would have been able to have my program launched by that time. So I've been making money in this new business as well as the money I was still making from the Queen Academy. So I had the plan. The plan was realistic. It looked great. I was going to be able to leave my job by the summer. Then um, come April, maybe the last, it was the end of March, of 2017 was one of the very first times I really, really heard God speak to me. Like it was no telling if that was God or not. Because at that point I had been journaling. I've been growing my relationship with God. I was still a little bit inconsistent with it, but I was progressing. But that was one of them times I could not deny if I heard from God or not. And I heard, I was at an event, I was speaking and um, I I stuck around after the event and I just heard God say, it's time. And I and I knew exactly what it was what he was talking about, and I was I instantly got nervous. Now, yeah, this had been a goal. Yeah, I had written out my um my resignation letter. Yeah, I had I had done all of these things to where this is what I was working towards. So I should have been happy, but I was scared because I wasn't ready yet. My time, my plan was in the summertime, but. I was growing my relationship with God. So I knew that I had to leave room for Him in the midst of my plans. And so once I heard it's time, I was like, oh man, I guess I got to leave now. So then I I went home. Um, I had talked to my boyfriend at the time about it. And I was like, and he was just like, you know, if that's what God told you to do, you got to do it. And so I did it. And I turned in my resignation letter in April on April 3rd. I gave in a I gave a four weeks notice because I was like, listen, God, I need a whole month's check. Okay. Let me accumulate a couple more vacation days because with my job then we accrued vacation days. Um each pay period. So I was like, let me accrue a couple more vacation days so I can get a little bit more of a payout from that um, at the end. So I'm going to do this 30 day notice. So I sent in my notice. It's like, Hey, you guys May third is going to be my last day. Um, and that's what it was, but I was nervous, but I was, I knew that, um, God was just going to do his thing, I guess. I figured he had to because he told me to do this. Right. So I ended up leaving my job right after that. I realized that I did not do enough to right after I submitted my um, resignation letter is when I was like, I need to do better. I'm not my habits, my day-to-day habits aren't where they need to be in order for me to sustain self-employment. And so I talk about this on a podcast too. So if you go back back to like last year's episodes, I talk about this. And um I was saying how I put myself through like this little boot camp because my habits were trash. Like I was I was really good at just getting stuff done without any structure. But I needed to have structure and a routine in order for me to sustain my self-employment life. And so, um, yeah, I put myself through this little boot camp. I woke up 5.30 is when I started my little 5.30 wake-ups. I spent time with God. I worked out. I had my goals set for my business a week prior. I I mapped out what days I was going to do what thing. Um, And, yeah, I was just on a very strict schedule for about 30 days to kind of get myself in the groove of, managing my time without having a job because when you have a nine to five, you have, you have more freedom. Or you have more leeway. And I say necessarily freedom. You have more leeway to kind of BS because at the end of the day, you're going to get a check regardless. And you also have more structure. So somebody else may set your meetings for you so you know what meetings you got to go to. Your boss may give you a deadline to get something back to her. You, you They have their own set like process on how things work. And it's not like that when you're self-employed. You got to do all of that. And so I realized that I didn't do all of that. And that's what I needed to do. And that was another lesson that I had learned was to make sure that I had self-control and discipline. Your I'm going to tell y'all straight up, the secret to your success, I can tell you right now, is in your self-control and your discipline. If you aren't able to have self-control while you have a job, or you aren't able to be disciplined while you have a job, you're not going to be disciplined when your job is gone. More time does not is not synonymous with better habits. The same way if, if you don't know how to manage your money right now, having more money is not going to make you know how to manage it. It's not the answer to your problem. Self-control is because if you knew how to manage the money that you have, um, if you knew how to manage the money you have now, when you'll get more, you'll know how to manage it. I mean, there was a time where I had got a new job and in the midst of all of this, I had got a new job that paid a lot more, but I still ain't had no money. And I was like, why? And it was because my habits were still terrible from before. And so you and and it's the same thing with your time. If you are still lazy with getting up, you spend two hours scrolling on social media before you even do anything. That's not going to work. When you don't have a job, because there is no two week paycheck coming in. You have to create that. You have to create the business that is able to um, sustain your lifestyle. And you can't do that with sloppy habits. So if there's anything that you need to be doing right now to prepare for self-employment is to get your discipline and your habits together. Get your self-control together. If you're not able to control yourself, if you're making decisions off of emotions, you're not ready for to leave your job. You need somebody else making decisions for you for a little bit until you figure that out. If you're not able to um, wake up at, at whatever time, it don't got to be 530, but if you're not uh, willing to wake up at whatever time without acting like, oh, my God, I'm just going to go back to sleep and do whatever I want, then you don't need to be self-employed. Because you still need somebody to tell you what time to be to work. So if anything, pay attention to how your job operates too. Like if if you know that you work best from nine to five, then in your self-employed life, have that nine to five schedule in your business. You know what I mean? But figure out whatever it is that you have to do. But if you don't have discipline, consistency and self-control right now you're not ready to not have a job because it just gives you the freedom to give into all of that it gives you the freedom to give into your emotions it gives you the freedom to go to sleep because you're sleepy because ain't nobody gonna tell you to wake up ain't nobody gonna tell you hey it's time to turn your work in nobody gonna tell you hey it's time to file your taxes (laughs) ain't nobody gonna tell you hey you need to go submit your uh your form to the state so that your business can remain in good standing. And nobody's going to tell you, hey, get up. You have to do work on your marketing plan so you can make some money. Hey, get up. You have to do this. Nobody's going to tell you those things. You have to do all of that yourself. So if you don't have discipline and self-control, it's you need to just stay at your job right now until you figure that out. So at this point, I left my job. I was now officially self-employed. Woohoo! throw a party. But I had to get to the point though to where I was able to stay self-employed to where I had money coming in consistently. I was not only meeting my revenue goals, but I was surpassing them so that I can now create a life for myself that I wanted. And so um, May 3rd was my last day. It was an amazing day. I, let, I, <laughs> I didn't go to work until three o'clock. And the only reason I even went, I teleworked most of the time, but the only reason I even went was to turn in my stuff, turn in my keys, my laptop, whatever. It was an amazing day. I got home. I cried like a baby because I was just so grateful. I just really got on my knees and cried and bawled and just thanked God for that moment. It was a moment that I really had to just take a second to soak in. Because I know for me, smelling the roses is not something that comes naturally to me. I'm always so focused on what the next thing is. I don't always just stop and thank God for what he's already done. So for me, it was so important for me to just thank God for something that just seemed so surreal for so long, for it to actually be real life. And I remember on my last day, I was saying bye to everybody. And um, the CEO, he was like... So what it is that you're doing? So I told him and he was like, don't you think you're a little bit too young for that? And I remember like, soon as he said that, I chuckled and I was like, uh... You know, age doesn't equate wisdom or skill, sir, or something slick like that. I said, and I walked out, but that was just something that just stuck in my mind. Cause even going back to when I started the youth program, one of the reasons I was so afraid was because I felt like I was too young. I was 23 when I started the Queen Academy. I was 25 when I left my job and I felt like I'm too young for this. I'm too young for this. And God don't care how old I am. He know how old I am. He knew who he knew who I was before he formed me in my mother's womb. He knew how old I was when he called me. It don't matter how old I am. It just matters that I do what he tells me to do. And I will be able to see the fruits of my labor. I'll be able to get my blessings despite my age, you know, so. Anyway, him saying that to me, it really fueled me to be like, oh, you know, he told the wrong person she was too young. But it also kind of was a full circle moment because it was like, I remember when that same statement stopped me. Like if if you would have told me I was too young when I first had the idea to start the Queen Academy, I wouldn't have done it. And that almost kept me stagnant. That almost would have still had me here at 26 at a nine to five because I felt like I was too young. I had to somehow wait until I was old enough, whatever that means, to start a business. So him telling me that kind of just really reminded me like, yeah, I am quote unquote too young, but I'm here and I'm walking out of this place. And a lot of people here are old enough to be my mom and they're miserable, but I get to go live my best life. Thank you, Lord. Like it was just really one of those things. It, it stuck with me. I ain't gonna lie that that comment really, really stuck with me. And it, and I don't think I'll ever forget that comment. Um, But anyway, so I walked out of my job that day and then I bawled my eyes out because I was just so grateful. But then I had no idea what was to come. I had stepped out on faith. That was truly a leap of faith because that my plan was to leave, to leave my job in the summer. But because God saw fit for me to leave at that moment, I left. And so um, I had no idea what the next year would hold for me. And that the next year just consists of the biggest lesson I've ever learned in business is that God is a better CEO than I will ever be. And I talk about this every podcast, so I'm not gonna go into too much detail. But in those moments was... Of me just really looking to God, like, what do you want me to do? I've been doing this. You told me to leave my job. I left my when I left my job, I didn't get my first client until August. Now that may not sound like a long time—May, June, July—about a ninety-day period, right? It makes not sound like that, seem like that long. But when you're working every single day, just sixteen-hour plus days uh of of getting making money or trying to make money or trying to do the right thing in your business trying to make sure your sales funnels are right trying to see where the problem is like just a lot of trial and error it can be very discouraging and having calls uh with people who don't convert over to clients or having calls with people who simply aren't your ideal client cuz I was good for I didn't care if you was willing to pay me in full, if you are not my ideal client, I'm not working with you. I will stay broke because it's not, it's not going to be a good situation for either of us. And for me, integrity over, oversteps, or integrity is way bigger than money any day. And so, and being effective is way bigger than money any day for me. And so, um, I was just like, I was just struggling because I was like, God, you told me to leave. It's been 60 days, it's been 30 days, it's been 60 days, it's been almost 90 days. I haven't signed a client yet. Like, what's going on? And during that time was when God was really showing me what to do. He was really showing me where I was making mistakes. He was really showing me how he needed to be in charge. In order for him, in order for me to get to the level I was trying to get to, and so just as my character began to grow, my prayer life became to grow, and making God the CEO of my business, that's when things really, really changed. And I remember, it was one week I had got like multiple clients in one week. It was ridiculous, and it was just like it was ridiculous, and it was all God. And so that was my biggest lesson really in the last year of being self-employed is that God is a better CEO than I ever would be. And something else I also learned was another lesson is that it can all change in a blink of an eye. It can all change suddenly. You may feel like today is the worst day ever. Your business is not where it wanted to be. You're so mad at yourself because you're, you still haven't started your business yet. It can all change tomorrow, that morning or let's say the week before, the week that I had like a crazy week of signing new clients. The week before I was struggling. I'm asking God what's going on, this, that, and the other. The next week everything changed. Nothing that I was mad about or upset about or stressed over, mattered anymore. Nothing. Because I had more than I needed. I had an abundance of clients at that point. Having an abundance of money at that point. Like it was nothing that I need it, and so that's uh, something that I really carry with me even now. Is it can all change. Whatever I'm worried about, whatever I may be believing in God for that I don't see the results of yet. Whether I may be uh, p- uh, praying about or fasting for, and I haven't seen it yet. It's no point of stressing. It's no point of staying in that worried state because it can all change in a snap. So for you guys who you may feel like you're in over your head, you may be feeling overwhelmed right now in your business. You may not be able to make the, you may not be seeing the results that you want to see. You may have been praying to God and you feel like He's not listening. It can all change. So as long as you just keep trusting God to do what he says he's going to do, he's never not done what he says he's going to do. So as far as your concern, if you haven't seen it, it's just a not yet. It's not a it isn't going to happen. It's just you ain't seen it yet. So instead, just focus on how can you master where you're at right now while you're waiting for more. And I had a moment like that, like the last couple weeks where the challenge was over. Not the last couple of weeks, but the last week or so, the challenge was over. And I'm like, well, God, what do you want me to do? I've been kind of praying for some things that I hadn't seen yet. Um, and then I had to check myself. Like, It's not about just asking God for everything or being upset that you're not getting what you want or being a spoiled brat about it or anything like that. Ask God instead, how can you master where you're at right now until he he until that snap comes and you get what it is that you've been praying for? How can you be excellent at the level you're at right now? So if you're at your job and you're believing in God to be self-employed, think, pray and ask God how, or think to yourself, like how can I be excellent while I'm balancing a nine to five in my business right now? I know um, people may be living their best life on social media. I can see that self-employment is so great and I, and I want it so bad. But let me change my perspective. How can I be excellent at where I am right now? Because it's coming for me. If God said that that's for you, it's for you. You don't got to worry about if it's going to come or not. You know it is. It's just a matter of when. So in the meantime, how can you be excellent for where you're at right now and master the level that you are while you wait for him to elevate you? So that's one of my biggest lessons is it can all change at the snap of a finger. It can all change in a blink of an eye. So I need to instead focus on anticipating it. I need to focus on how can I be excellent at the level that I'm at right now. A couple business lessons, and then I'm going to stop rapping. I feel like I've been talking for a long time. Uh, a couple of lessons, uh, business lessons that I've learned from myself as well as people that I've worked with over the last year is number one is building a rapport with your audience before selling your stuff is a necessity. The reason why you keep putting up stuff for sale. And nobody's buying it, and you think it's the stuff or the price, or you need to put up more stuff. It's because you haven't built up enough trust with your audience. So instead of figuring out how can I make money right now, figure out how you can add value for the people that you're asking them for their money. And I've met a lot of people who I've worked with them on their business, and they're like, "Well, how can I make money right now?" You can't. I don't want to tell them that they can't, but I always just like. it's unlikely you're not going to just put, you might make a couple dollars. Like, you know, your family and friends may buy some stuff to put a couple dollars in your pocket. But the better use of your time is not to figure out how I can make money right now. Because if you do everything for money, you're going to always be controlled by it. Money is the root of all evil. Do not be controlled by money ever. So if you're only focusing on how am I going to make this money, you already lost. So you might as well just go ahead and do something else for some quick quick coins, but building a a business that's going to actually last, focusing on money is not what you need to do. Instead, in the very beginning, you need to focus on building a rapport with your audience. And I always suggest because it's sometimes cliche or sometimes people be like, no, Tatum, I've been working for six months on this business. I need to make some money. So what I would suggest you do is while you're working on that business for those six months, at the same time, start building rapport for your audience. That's what I did. When I started this podcast, I was building rapport for my audience while I was building the consulting business and the services and stuff I will offer. And so even though the first uh, 90 days of rolling it out or almost 90 days of rolling it out was rough, after that, it it was like clockwork. I knew I could put something out and people would buy it because I built up that rapport. I knew that when God gave me this idea of this prayer journal that it was going to sell like crazy, not because... Not just because God gave me the idea, but because I built up trust with my audience. I know that when I put this book out, it's going to be a bestseller because of the trust that I built with my audience and my commitment to excellence in everything that I do. So, you know, when you listen to this podcast, it it gives people so much value. They keep listening and they tell people about it and the audience grows. So then when I put out a product, you're going to buy it because my reputation now is I'm going to give you something of quality. So then when you purchase something, you're like, oh, my gosh, this journal was so great. I've used this and my life and business have changed as a result of making God my CEO. So then I put out my book. You're gonna know because you listen to the podcast, because you um, because I keep doing the podcast, I haven't stopped, I've been very consistent. We're on episode 70 something, so that means for the last 70 or so, 71 or whatever episode this is, weeks, you've gotten an episode. Sometimes twice in one week. You know that that you can trust that when I put something out, it's gonna be available, it's gonna be of quality, and you're gonna get sometime something from it. So again, a business lesson is build up rapport with your audience. And that also leads me to another one, put out things of quality. Quality is always better than quantity. If you just throw out a bunch of stuff because you want to make money, that makes you look bad. Because it looks like you don't know, you don't have any consistency. You don't know what your consumer wants. You're just throwing stuff out there. Or you're putting out so much stuff, it's just It looks like you just want to take their money and not really show them a true transformation. You know what I mean? So quality over quantity is always better. I knew in the very beginning that I didn't want to put out anything, any business that I do. I don't want to just be doing stuff just to do it. I want to know that if you watch my master classes, you're going to really learn something. And I'm going to provide you with worksheets and supplemental materials for you to be able to actually apply that in your business. I know that when I, I sell you a journal, it's not going to just be a journal with a bunch of lined pages. It's going to be prompts in there to get, you, get your mind going. It's going to be references in there. It's going to be things that you can actually apply. I know that when I put out this book, you're not going to just read this book and feel good. It's going to really be practical things in there for you to take and apply to your life. Quality over quantity. I'm not going to sell you a bunch of T-shirts with my logo on them because I want to make some money. (laughs) If If I decide to do apparel or something fashionable, it's going to be something that actually applies to your life. So quality over quantity is a huge, huge, huge lesson. And also, when you offer people too much, they don't know what they need. They have no idea what they need at that point. And a confused person doesn't buy. That's just a top rule in consumer behavior. If anybody is confused, they're less likely to buy. So I highly suggest as you're building your businesses and things like that, have quality over quantity. The next business lesson that I've learned from myself as well as working with other people is number of followers does not equate money. If you are investing in just growing the number that's on your Instagram page, you are wasting your money and you're wasting your time because engagement is what matters. People who actually care about what you have going on is what matters, And, and there I've consulted with people who've had thousands of followers, hundreds, tens of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers, and don't make any money because they got all these people who like to double tap your pitches, but do not care what you have to offer. You have to make people care and having a certain number on your page does not mean that people care. So what determines if people care is if they're commenting, if they're subscribing to whatever freebie that you're offering, if they're progressing through the sales funnel that you've presented or that you've laid out for them to go through. That's what tells you if people care, if they're actually spending money on the things that you're that you have to offer. But don't get so caught up in the numbers game. And that really just goes back to quality over quantity. It's way better to have 5,000 people who are invested in what you're doing than 20,000 people who do not care. So yeah, that was another lesson. Um, And then my last lesson that I've learned from just my journey as an entrepreneur, uh, being self-employed, all of that, is enjoy the journey. Seriously, just enjoy whatever level that you're at. Because it's stressful if you're only focused on what's next. It's so stressful. Those moments where I told y'all like, every step along the way that I broke down and cried. It's because of and when I finished that, that 30-day challenge, I broke down and cried. Because to just see the, um, the blessing ball step challenge is what I'm talking about. But to just see... How people's lives has changed. The positive things that people were saying. The fact that for thirty days every evening, people was really on live with me. <laughs> like they could have been anywhere else in the world, but y'all listening to me talk. You know, just to see that, and just to see the results that people have had. I had to break down and just thank God for choosing me. That I may want this house in Potomac. I may not be there yet, but I thank God for where I am right now. Even even when I was at a job, I may be at a job, I may be doing all of these things to um, to fund my dream, or I may be doing all these things to to get to the self-employed level, but I'm making a difference. I'm making a difference. These girls out here are getting their life changed as a result of my youth program, or these women are making more money in their business as a result of investing in me. I may not be where I want to be, but right here is pretty good still. So for you guys that may be struggling or you may be so focused on the next level, enjoy where you're at right now. I may, Like I said, I may not have that house in Potomac. I may not be a millionaire yet, but I get to wake up every single day and do what God called me to do. I get to wake up every single day and live life on my own terms. My life means something as a result of me doing what God called me to do. Thousands of people listen to this show all over the world, places I might not even ever go listen to the show as a result of me just doing what God called me to do. So I enjoy the moment. The moment is great. No matter where you're at, it doesn't matter what anybody else's social media says. It doesn't matter what, the, what your vision board says. You work towards those things, but also enjoy where you're at right now because it's the only time you're going to be here. I, I enjoyed... Um, (laughs) that's a lie. I didn't enjoy it that much, but I found reasons to enjoy, um, the moments of still having a nine to five. I may not have liked it. I may not have enjoyed going to work every day, but I found little reasons to, because I would, I'll never know. I will never go back to having a job unless I want to, or God tells me to, I will never have to. Well, if God tells me to, I'll have to, but you know what I mean? I'll never financially be in a position where I have to get a job to get to make ends meet. So that moment there was so much growth and character building that had to happen in those moments in order for me to be here. Even now there's so much more God has in store for me, but I'm enjoying where I'm at right now. So I encourage you guys to do the same thing. That's my biggest lesson of just looking back over the last few years of entrepreneurship, over the last year of being self-employed, um to recap the lessons, they were always qualify your decisions. Find a mentor in your field and provide value before you ask them for anything. Um, Operate with the big picture in mind. Always have a plan. Believe room for God. Uh, What else I have on here? Build a rapport with your audience before selling them stuff and asking for their money. God is a better CEO than you will ever be. Self-control and discipline will make or break you. Number of followers slash listeners do not equate money quality over quantity and last but very not very much so not least enjoy the moment thanks guys that wraps up another episode of the blessed and bossed up podcast i love you guys i will talk to you next week i find a quiet street lock the doors and hope no one notices but